miscellaneous. The, the one guy, he, he could probably say Jason wouldn't be terrible. It could also be a chemistry thing. The chemistry is terrible. Bro. Trying to go out and get them Gus Johnson you want. Gus Johnson gonna be waking everybody up on Monday nights, being like, "He's got a scar." Go you on top of you're, you're gonna be nodding out, J- Gus Johnson. You're gonna be just about to fall asleep. Just Gus Johnson gonna be like, "Oh shit!" <laughs> I don't fucking believe him. They want some some dope Monday night commentary. They should get um, what is his name? Good start. We all grew up on on, on wrestling. Um, Jim, Jim Ross? Ross. Jim Ross. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. He's dead. He's dead. <laughs> he do, he do that one time a game, and everybody would just be waiting for it. <laughs> Play that same audio clip for like the past. He's not the son of a bitch. He's not the son of a bitch. He's Oh, our, oh, okay, good. Let me mute okay. your phones. Yep. Dang, you gotta like that. She saw him talking to his girl on the right. way in here. <laughs> but I couldn't even talk to him. I was like, Jerome. Jerome. Yeah, it's, it's, another thing is, like, today is, like, early National Signing Day, too. So, like, I'm getting all news and stuff like that. Yeah, I'm reaching you, out to players that we already interviewed and stuff like into that. Into a well. brother signing with Alabama? Yeah. A lot of our ING Academy guys are going. Yeah. I just uh, seen Trey Sanders say that he was like, I'm trying, I'm, he was like, I'm I'm going for that Heisman. <laughs> like, I was like, oh, all right, cool. Yep. He went to Bama. As he should have. He was he was riding that Tennessee wave a little bit, though, because, you know, um, uh, Chris, yeah, I but, can't say his last name. Chris, uh, so in the Tennessee, he was trying to, he was trying to get him Tennessee. Yeah, so bad, look, but, look okay. Yeah. You all know right. what Bama they going to run for. Yeah. Here we go. Ready? Mm-hmm. Three, two, one. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, isn't this dude the one who says, everybody check your phone? Yes. <laughs> and I literally I, count back three, I two, one. This guy got like two phones. Oh, sorry. It's got burner phones for days. I know when that hotline sorry. bling. It's all good. Sorry, We're keeping that too. It's the Air It Out podcast brought to you by Inside the Hashes, insidethehashes.com. Christopher Thomas, uh, Avery Collins with his multiple cell phones because he's got so much business to take care of. Uh, Jerome Jones and myself, Kevin Crockett. And this playoff picture, fellas, all of a sudden starting to become more and more clear with some big games coming up this weekend. So. I thought we'd start off because there's actually uh, five games this weekend where both teams find themselves in one way or another in the playoff picture. So I'm going to turn to you guys, try to get a little analysis on the game, see who you like in the game. We're going to start off with an obvious one. And Avery, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Washington still in that playoff picture, both in the NFC East and in the wild card. Heading to Tennessee where the Titans are holding on to a little bit of a wild card spot themselves in the mix of that AFC playoff picture. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and turn to you, Avery. What are you thinking about that game? And well, first of all, I mean, let's all say what we're thinking. Like Tennessee gets that win, right? Like we're starting there? Yeah. Um, yeah, I believe Tennessee is the better overall football team. Um, obviously, you know, their, their, their quarterback situation is a little bit better. Um, and I think that is going to bowl well, you know, down, down the stretch. However, I want Washington to win the game. I want Washington to win the game because I want Washington in the playoffs because I want to see more AP. Um, I also, you know, I want to see what Josh Jackson does. I mean, I think that's a pretty fun story. 
to to talk about. Um, you know, I, I think that 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 would be a pretty interesting dynamic for him to go in, play well, and you know, what if he actually wins a playoff game like that? That could be you know an epic story, one for the ages. So I would rather Washington win, but I think you know we all can, like you said, agree that Tennessee is definitely going to take that game or more complete team. Yeah, Tennessee's at home. And, and Derrick Henry's playing great. Yeah, I was just going to get to the point. It it took finally till December for Derrick Henry to finally take off. And obviously I have Tennessee winning. I think Marcus Mariota is finally getting a little acclimated in the offense. Derrick Henry as well. You still have Deion Lewis, who has been really the only consistent offensive player throughout this entire offense all year long. And that defense is just absolutely dominating. You shut down an offense regardless of how up and down Eli Manuel offense is. You shut down an offense with a, a, an elite, one-of-a-kind talent like Saquon Barkley, and you held that offense to zero points, then you really able to hang your hat on, on an amazing defense like that. Josh Johnson is a great story, though. Isn't it? Like, that field goal at the end of that game, when they cut to him on the sidelines, just, like, pounding the ground. Like, this dude's been around. Number yeah. uh, First-round pick in that AAF draft, of course, didn't Josh say, Johnson. Josh Jackson, didn't yeah, you right yeah. church wrong cue. That's okay. But but I mean that's kind of the he's like that quarterback that you that like escapes your brain. A fun game to always play. Ready, we're gonna do this real quick. On three, I want everybody to name the most random quarterback that they can. Ready? One, two, three. Marquez Tuiasa Sopo. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's like you can sit there all day long and just be thinking like somebody will say a name and you're just like, Oh my gosh, I forgot that dude even played. And not to discredit Josh Johnson, I mean, he's been in the league. He's been on a lot of different teams. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Built a lot of good relationships. That's why he got brought back to Washington, basically because he knew their vernacular because of how many different teams he's been with. But uh, good for him. But, yeah, I'm, I think we're all in agreement that Tennessee should I felt like you only said that just so you'd be able to say his name. Why wouldn't I say Marquez <laughs> Tuiasasopo? It's Marquez Tuiasasopo. I'll keep saying it. I'm going to sprinkle that in throughout the whole thing. Uh, maybe an early playoff preview, depending on how things shake out. Baltimore... Uh, heading to L.A. to take on the Chargers. The Chargers, whoa, buddy, got that win in Arrowhead against that Chiefs team that's just been bothering them for so long. They finally get over that hump. All of a sudden, that AFC West, which seemed like it was a runaway uh, just because the Chiefs had been playing so well. The Chargers just quietly sneaking up all of a sudden in that picture. But Baltimore and Lamar Jackson on a nice little run ever since he's taken over at quarterback. So, uh, Chris, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Baltimore heading to L.A. How do you see that one shaking out? I have the Chargers winning this one. I think their defense is beginning to finally hit a stride. I think Phillip Rivers is finally, well, he's been playing MVP caliber football for years now, but I think the spotlight's now more on him between him and Patrick Mahomes. I think it's finally gone down, going to go down to those two um, on whether or not who wins the MVP. But Phillip Rivers played absolutely amazing, especially those last five minutes in that Chiefs game in Arrowhead to finally get that Arrowhead monkey off his back. And Mel. Melvin Gordon's getting close, closer to playing, but it's going to be really interesting. Um, it's hard to win an Arrowhead. And then you have another tough test, but it's arguably a, probably the best defense of football against uh, the Baltimore Ravens. It's going to be really hu- tough for me to see how – it's going to be tough for me to see Lamar Jackson and the rest of the offense trying to score points, especially at the clip that the, that the L.A. Chargers are going to do. Sorry, I almost pulled a Stephen A. I mean, I don't, I, I don't disagree with your analysis, but I think that – um, I think the Ravens are actually going to win. I'm taking the Ravens in this game, and the reason being is because um, I think that most teams aren't re- or haven't really um, expected Baltimore to run the ball as well as they have. I mean, they're they're running it at a very very high clip right now, and 
I think that bodes well for playoff football because, you know, you control the time of possession, you take the ball and keep the ball out of the hands of Phillip Rivers. So the opportunities to score points aren't going to be as frequent as, as, I, as I think, um, you know, we, we kind of would expect. Um, additionally, like you look at their, their last game against the Chiefs, the Chiefs' defense isn't one where we're like, you know, they're a dominant defense, and you know they've been scored on, and you know it took it took the, it took the Chargers a while to do so. So I mean, in my head, I'm thinking Baltimore's defense is better than the Chiefs, um, and then they've got, they've got the running game. So I, I think that it plays more so into the favor of the style of, you know, the way Baltimore is playing right now, I think that they just, I don't know, I feel like they're going to pull that one out. Well, you also have to consider the fact that the game's also in Los Angeles, so weather's really not going to be a factor. And like I said, we saw this Chargers, we saw this Chargers team score 14 point, 15 points within the last five minutes of the game. So it's not like Phillip Rivers is going to need a lot, a lot of time acclimated for this offense to go ahead and go down and score points. It's just tough for me to see a rookie quarterback going into an environment in which a playoff-caliber team, an MVP-caliber quarterback, and get a victory on a host- in a hostile road environment. And we've been saying that about Lamar Jackson since he took over. Like, oh, how's he going to do on the road? How's he going to do such and such? And he's been winning football games. I mean, we, we think about the game against the Chiefs. He he didn't play well. He didn't lose the game for them. I mean, he, he played well enough for them to win the defense. Again, that I think that right there is a formula for success. Um, and they 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 played in Arrowhead. It's not like he's afraid to go on the road and play football. It, it's like he, he looks really really comfortable behind that line. He looks really really comfortable doing what he does. So I don't think that nerves or the moment is going to be an issue. Um, I just feel like like I said, right now this is the time when you kind of want to start running the football and you want to start managing the clock. And I feel like the fact that you know it's still up in the air whether or not Melvin Gordon is going to be back. I feel like the Baltimore Ravens are just uh, primed to win this game. Would I be surprised if they lost? You know, no, for those reasons. That's why I said I, I, don't, I, I don't disagree with your analysis. I just have a, a feeling that Baltimore will pull it out. I think a big factor in this is the Melvin Gordon factor. How healthy is he? Is he 100%? Obviously, we, we, we could sit here and talk about Baltimore's defense all day for the last two decades. It seems like their defense is always showing up, but um, – I think what it comes down to for me is if there's two minutes left on the clock and both of these quarterbacks got to lead a drive down the field, I think we'd all agree that Phillip Rivers just, you expect it more. Not that Lamar Jackson hasn't done it in big moments. I mean, if you just look at his college career, obviously he's done it. But uh, at this point in the NFL, uh, especially if you look at some of the plays he's missed, he's electric. He's an electric guy. He, you know, he's running the football at a great clip right now, but. Uh, you look at some of those times when he's got the chance to make a big play with his arm and he's left a good amount of plays on the field. When that catches up to him, I think it's just a matter of time. Does it happen in L.A. this weekend? I don't know, but I think uh, I think I like the Chargers to win that game at home and possibly get a chokehold on that uh, AFC West, depending on how Kansas City and Seattle shakes out uh, mm. later on in the weekend. Uh, Houston at Philadelphia. So uh, the Eagles left for dead. By a lot of people as of last week. A lot of people thinking, hey, let's just chalk this one up. Our starting quarterback's out. Let's get a good draft pick, do all that stuff. And then uh, old St. Nick comes in and leads them to victory behind a great effort by the defense. Houston uh, didn't really light the world on fire against a Jets team right now. That's played pretty well in the last couple games, credit or credits too. But I think a lot of people expected Houston to make much more of a statement against 
the Jets than they did on the road on the East Coast. Uh, there's been some word that maybe DeAndre's a little bit banged up, Lamar Miller a little bit banged up. So maybe they're coming into Philly not at 100% on what's supposed to be a messy day in Philly. Uh, Avery, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Houston at Philly. What's your mind telling you? Uh, my mind's telling me Houston. Uh, I just feel like um, defensively, I feel like Houston's a little bit better than you know the Rams are as a as a whole. Um, they play better as a unit. Um, and then I just feel like um, you know the like I said, the, the Houston Texans are kind of on a, this roll right now where they're just they're just playing good football. Um, though this this situation with Nick Foles, man, it, it it's it's just funny. Like I know it's like the likelihood of it happening is slim to none, but could you imagine the storyline if he does this again? Like that would be that would be all time. I mean, I I, I would be I listen, I would be speechless to say the least. But um I think I think that um the, the 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 fact that you know Carson Wentz is kind of up in the air. I think um, Nick Foles is is he's 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 good, but I I just don't know if it's going to happen two times. Um, you know, lightning doesn't strike in the same place twice. So I, I I don't know. I don't know. I just I have I have Houston winning this. Um, you have Houston winning this. I actually have Philadelphia winning it. And of course you do. Oh. You have to consider the fact that it's going to be in the around the 40s area, and the fact that Houston is a team that does play in Texas. It's not used to cold East Coast December football, and Deshaun Watson, he's from Clemson, so he's not used to that environment either. And it's going to come down to um, who's able to establish the run. The Philadelphia Eagles were to are able to establish a running game of sorts. Uh, Josh Adams got a touchdown. Wendell Smallwood, after a odd hiatus, scored two touchdowns on his own. Darren Sproles has looked completely revived and healthy over the past several weeks. But the balance is there on offense. This is the first time since week six that a Philadelphia Eagles offense was able to score 30 points. And everybody in the offense looked happy. Alshon Jeffrey had the best game of his year. Zach Ertz didn't have the monster game, but he did enough. Golden Tate got the ball on third downs and able to move the chains. The offense just looks absolutely better. I think it has a lot to do with just the fact that it's not the fact that Nick Foles is a better fit or he's just a better quarterback. It's just the fact that Foles is just healthy. He had a full all season to work with these guys. He had a full training camp to work. It's not like Carson Wentz where they forced him to rush him back after that Tampa game and he had to play the last like month and a half or so with a back fracture. He's just healthy. They're moving the ball around. Everyone's getting touches, and that just makes that Eagles offense dangerous. It's going back to what they were able to do last year, and they were able to keep their defense fresh. It made it good for Michael Bennett to get after the quarterback, Fletcher Cox. Avante Maddox, to me, was the standout player of the game with that pick, um, a couple third-down stops on Brandon Cooks and Robert Woods, and also that key tackle on Todd Gurley at the, at the end of the game. I got Philadelphia in this. I, they know what the situation is. They know that if they lose, their season's over. They play more. They're going to play with more to lose than um, Houston, who basically still has a playoff spot, if not all locked up. All valid points. Um, other than you know the the, the Eagles scoring thirty. I, again, I don't I don't read too much into that because again, it's, you, you, you played the Rams. They they have been getting <laughs> points put up on them all year. Like their defense on paper looks. Like, you're like, oh, wow, they shouldn't let up more than 14. But they've been getting scored on all season. So, 
Um, I'm not shocked at the fact that the Eagles put up 30 points on on a team like that. Um, but I, I just like I said, I just I, I don't know. I feel like Houston is just in that groove right now. I mean, I remember after what they started 0 three. We had a podcast, and, and we, we questioned, like, what was one of the teams that, could, if they got on a roll, you could see them winning the division. It was Houston. And I, I said, I was like, I'm, I'm I'm thinking Houston, and I still feel that way. I feel that because, you know, they're, they're starting to click, um, you know, Lamar Miller is, is, is potentially coming back. I think I just feel like the, the Texans are much more in a groove as opposed to the Eagles, where it's been ebbs and flows like the entire season, it's like they'll have a game where you're like, oh, okay, the Super Bowl champs are back. And then they'll have a complete disaster fall off, and you're like, why, how? You know, so I, I don't know. I don't, I don't feel confident enough to say, yeah, they got it. But at the same time, it will be a very, very interesting story if Nick Foles goes <laughs> off again. Yeah, um, Foles Magic could be a, uh, a a real thing. It would make for some pretty interesting conversations around here in the uh, in the Philly area. You know, it's something about this just seems so Houston Texans, though. You mentioned that they get on a roll, and then you you kind of have that thought like maybe they peaked too early. Uh, they lose a game to the Colts, who are sitting in the playoff picture. They don't have a very inspiring win against the Jets. Although the thing that you can say about Houston is, you know. One thing that's been missing from, especially if you're a fantasy football owner, you might be a little frustrated with how your playoffs have gone the last two weeks because it seems like a lot of big-time players haven't showed up on stat sheets. DeAndre Hopkins uh, was a man playing amongst boys in that game against the Jets. So uh, what are you exactly, what, you know, what are you going to get from, from him and that, that offense? I don't know. This just The Houston Texans are always that team that you think, okay, maybe this is the year. And they're healthier than they've ever been, but then they always end up being the Houston Texans and not getting over that push. The Philadelphia Eagles kind of have that same story. They've had some ebb and flow this year. Who are you going to get at home? Nick Foles. We talked about that Foles magic, but there's also been games where it seems like he has been very pedestrian. It'll be a very interesting game in Philly. The thing that concerns me for Houston is... They've kind of gotten away with it a little bit this season, but their offensive line has not been consistent throughout the season and probably something that you notice, uh, especially if you're an Eagles fan, is the Eagles offensive line hasn't been consistent but seems to have gelled in the three of the last four games. They've obviously gotten wins, and that's a big part of that. But uh, Michael Bennett has been playing like a man let out of a cage. Fletcher Cox is having a Pro Bowl year. Deshaun Watson is able to avoid those things. How long can he do it? Can the Eagles get those ski masks out and get those turnovers? It'll be a really interesting game. I think it's the game of the weekend. If the game's in Houston, I like Houston. The game's in Philly, I like Philly, and I think that's what it comes down to uh, this weekend. One of the many games uh, that are going to shape out the playoff picture as we continue on. Another one. Woo, those Pittsburgh Steelers. Those those Steelers fans waving those towels, catching their breath a little bit after a big win at home against New England after letting a couple of games slip away. They head to New Orleans, who has looked very average the last couple of weeks. You have a you have a 13-10 loss to Dallas. You squeak one out against Carolina. Uh, but we all know that playing in New Orleans is a whole different kind of animal. Chris, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Pittsburgh at New Orleans, what do you see happening? Well, I was going to go to that point. The fact that the New Orleans, after a three-game road trip, they're finally – home for some home cooking, and I got New Orleans winning this game. It's going to be a shootout, uh, Ben Roethlisberger. I think Roethlisberger, A.B., Juju Smith-Schuster, James Conner, um, Jalen Samuels, if he's starting if over James Conner, if James Conner isn't healthy, they're going to be loving playing in that dome. There's no weather. It's just going to be warm. Granted, it's going to be really loud. They're not going to be able to hear anything, but playing in a dome is going to have its advantages, 
and Drew Brees and home field advantage is on the line for Drew Brees and the uh, New Orleans Saints, especially after the Rams lost. So they're going to know what the situation is. Alvin Kamara is going to have a big game. I we have yet to see really Pittsburgh really gear up and stop the run. Mark Ingram is going to have a big big game as well. It's going to come down to the running backs. Um, Joe Hayden's having a Pro Bowl year, so he's going to be guarding Michael Thomas for a majority of that game. It's going to be interesting to see how well those New Orleans running backs um, handle um, that Pittsburgh defense. I agree that the Saints are going to win. Um, I don't agree that it's going to be the running backs, though. Drew Brees, over the last, I believe, three games, has thrown one or few, one or fewer touchdown passes. Like, he's due. <laughs> That's the longest stretch of his career. I think he's going to relish the fact that he's back home. Um, I think he knows the fact that he he hasn't you know put those numbers up. Now, granted, he's like you know we're 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 getting wins, but I think that you know the fact that those, especially the last two, have been very close. I think he's going to make it a point to say. I think he's going to make it a point to put his stamp. On the MVP this season, I think he's going to make a point to say, "No, this is mine. I'm taking it this year." And I think he's good. Listen, I'm I'm predicting five touchdown passes at least from Drew Brees. Um, and so, yeah, that's a take right there. Yeah, five touchdown passes. That's so, a take. Well, uh, the interesting part of in all these discussions, all these games are appealing for for different reasons. And if you're looking at this Pittsburgh New Orleans game, you can't help but think of that LA Kansas City game where. Uh, I don't think anybody would be surprised if both of these teams put up 30, put up 40, put up 50 uh, in New Orleans. It'll be a, a really interesting game. Uh, I'm with you. I think Drew Brees gets back home, home cooking, I think is the way you put it, Chris. Yeah. Uh, and I like New Orleans to take care of business at home. And we keep as we're going through these games, we're saying this could be the game of the week, this could be the game of the week, this could be the game of the week. Kansas City heading to Seattle. Uh, Seattle with a letdown against San Francisco this past week. Kansas City with a letdown in the last minute against the Chargers. Something got to give here, fellas. Uh, Avery, I'm going to go ahead and start with you. Kansas City heading to Seattle. Uh, who do you like in this game? Who? This one is tough. Um, I want to, because, like I said, I want to say Kansas City just because, you know, it looks like they're the better overall team. Um, but at the same time, I think the loss of Kareem Hunt has hurt them a, a little bit more than, you know, people would have maybe expected. Um you know, I think Patrick Mahomes is still playing well. He's not, I mean, they're not as flashy as they used to be, but and I, I think that, you know, is, is in large part to the fact that they're not running the ball as effectively as, you know, when they did have Kareem. So um, I want to say the Chiefs, but I think I'm going I'm to go with the Seahawks um, because I feel like I think they're running the ball well. I think Russell Wilson is a, is a if, you know, a, a proven quarterback in the sense that he doesn't get – you know, uh, uh, you know, overwhelmed by the moment. The defense is playing vastly better than anybody expected this season. Um, you know, actually showing signs of you know previous years where the de- defense was a uh, very dominant. So, um, and they're at home. I think it's one of those situations, kind of like you you were, you were talking about as far as like Houston and Philly. Depending on who was home, is who's going to win. And I feel like because they're in Seattle, Seattle uh, ends up pulling this one out. Chris, I've been saying this for. Quite a while, I was one of the biggest Russell Wilson doubters, especially when he came to the league. But I always said that Russell Wilson, especially over the past two years, is a top-five quarterback that no one really wants to acknowledge or talk about. They're home. Russell Wilson, if anything to me, he's putting up an MVP-caliber year and a playoff spot's on the line. Like, week 16, it's going to come down to it. It's, it's where divisions get crowned. 
Uh, playoff spots can confirmed, and this is the moment. There's no better quarterback in the entire NFL than Russell Wilson. And the fact that they're going to be at home, airing it out with Patrick Mahomes, I got Seattle winning this game. It should be interesting. If both teams, again, coming off of letdowns last week. Avery, you, you had mentioned the Kareem Hunt situation, and that's obviously had an effect on uh, Kansas City's offense a little bit. Uh, you look at what Seattle did on the road against a San Francisco team that kind of leaves you, eh, you know, not anything to write home about. Uh, but they are a different team in Seattle. And, and to your point, Chris, I think both of these teams are different teams when they're playing at home. Uh, that being said, I think Seattle is going to be able to take care of business when that game against a close game. Mm-hmm. Close game, I oh, think, yeah. against yeah, Kansas sure. City uh, on Sunday. So we uh, we continue to move on forward, and it is time uh, as we get to the end of the podcast. We always make it take time, take time. Uh, we already had one with Drew Brees apparently throwing five or more touchdown passes this week, and we might uh, rehash that one next week on the Aired Out podcast. But fellas, I'm going to give you a take. If you disagree, shout it out and let me know why. If you agree, we're just going to keep rolling right along with that. Frank Reich is the NFL Coach of the Year. I disagree. I disagree. Avery, go ahead. I don't know. I think, I think I, I, to me, I feel like Andy Reid um, is going to win Coach of the Year. I'll just keep it short and sweet. I think Matt Nagy is going to win Coach of the Year. The amazing job that he did in his first year That's also in, in Chicago is kind of similar to what Sean McVay did last year. Um, he's gotten Hakeem Hicks a rushing touchdown. What he's able to do with just about everybody possible on his roster and the fact that he just added Khalil Mack just made him into a Super Bowl contender. I got Matt Nagy winning coach of the year. I think Matt Nagy is up there. Uh, making the case for Frank Reich, what an offseason for the Colts. Okay, so Josh McDaniels is your coach. Then he's not. Your S out of luck would be the appropriate thing to say here. You're really up the creek without a paddle right now. Uh, you bring in a candidate that... You know, Frank Reich, for a while, had been an offensive coordinator of the NFL. He'd been with the Chargers, obviously with the Eagles. Long history in the NFL. And you think, okay, well, it was almost... You almost kind of looked at it, even if you were a Frank Reich fan or believer, you almost kind of looked at it like, okay, he kind of backed into this job. Not only that, is Jacoby Prissett going to be his quarterback? Is Andrew Luck going to be his quarterback? Andrew Luck was throwing high school-sized footballs in the offseason, so you didn't know exactly what you were going to get. And a lot of that credit goes to Andrew Luck. He is the player that he is. We all saw that coming out of college. He's mm-hmm. He's been in the mix as an MVP candidate in the past. He's taken that team to different heights. But uh, this is a team that started 1-5, in 1-4, yes. 1-5. 1-5. Went on a great run. You know, he he's... He's shown that he's not afraid. That Texans, that Texans game that he could have gotten as a tie may come back to bite him in the end, uh, especially with the way that division is starting to shake out. But he got that team back on track with a win streak. Quentin Nelson, uh, if offensive linemen got any sort of recognition in the sort of things like offensive rookie of the year, uh, could very well be that guy. He's a Pro Bowl player uh, at, at the guard position. So uh, their defense has shown up. How many times have we had the opportunity to say that? When's the last time we said the Colts – showed a run game and a defense. Mm. Not even one or the other. They're showing both. They've showed both in the last few weeks. 2006. So credit to that has to go to Frank Reich. As much as I agree with you, Matt Nagy has done a lot with that team in, in Chicago. But I think he inherited, he inherited a good defense that got better with Khalil Mack. Uh, inherited a healthy quarterback that you at least had an idea of where that was going. Uh, it inherited a little bit of a cleaner situation than the, than the Colts did, I think. And, 
Uh, and I just think Frank Reich probably has done a better job. You brought up a point. You said that you know Andrew Luck um, was throwing high school uh, football. An MVP candidate oh, okay. in, in, in years past. Is he being overlooked this year as an MVP candidate? I mean, he's second in the league right now in touchdown passes. His team is on a roll right now. I mean, is he is he is he being overlooked? Well, I'll tell you this much. I think if if Houston loses to Philly this weekend and Indianapolis all of a sudden sneaks into that playoff picture and maybe beats Houston in the opening round of the playoffs or gets an opening round one. If Andrew Luck all of a sudden takes his team to the AFC title game like he's done in the past, uh, then yeah, I think it's really easy to say that Andrew Luck's been overlooked. Uh, Jerome brought up a good point that he's his interception numbers are up. I, I, I think, but again, you, you look at... what realistically, what did we expect the Colts to be before the season started? A lot of it hinged on whether we thought Andrew Luck was going to be a player. If Andrew Luck is... And I like Jacoby Brissett. I think he might get his shot in the NFL at some point when when his contract's up and he gets a chance to sign somewhere. I like Jacoby Brissett. I can't say with confidence that the Colts are 8-6 and and in a playoff picture if Jacoby Brissett's a quarterback. So, to your point, uh, yes, I do think he's been overlooked, but th- there's also some players that have just, I mean, Mahomes, oh, yeah, sure, Breeze, sure, there's sure. guys who have just put Rivers. up, R- Rivers, just put up out of this world, yeah. next level type of things. Not that Andrew Luck can't do that or isn't doing that, but there's just, I, I think those guys have all taken just one extra step maybe than he has so far this year. Well, I'm just also going to say, like, you talked about what Matt Nagy was able to inherit. Well, you have to also consider that when Andrew Luck was healthy, Andrew Luck got his team back to an AFC title game against the New England Patriots. So Andrew Luck is just able to cover so much of the gap and is able to mask so much of what the Colts weren't able to do. To me, it's also kind of the same thing like in a vacuum with what Matt Nagy was able to do. It's also supposed to what Frank Wright's able to do, in my opinion. Um, When you looked at the offense that the Bears had last year under John Fox, that old school offense, that that old guard offense that he had, and what Matt Nagy is able to do, learning from Andy Reid, probably one of the greatest offensive minds. And I'm going to say he's a Hall of Fame coach. What he's able to establish uh, with, even with Chase Daniels was starting for two games on Thanksgiving and against the Giants, where basically they ran a Philly, Philly special type of play to put that game in overtime with Tariq Cohen. That's offensive innovation, and that's a lot of guts that I've seen from a rookie coach. And if anything, that that mean that spells rookie coach of the year for me. You look around the league, and I think it's safe to say that we all would agree that those two are probably two of the top three candidates. Again, I think you could throw Andy Reid in that conversation. Anthony Lynn well. also. Uh, Anthony Lynn, yeah, for what he's done with uh, with the Chargers, who saw that kind of coming, yeah. uh, especially with the way the Chiefs were were rolling this season. It seems like the Chargers are just. They just have that Philadelphia Eagles of last year feel to them, don't they? Like they're kind of flying under the radar, kind of underdogish. If you want to get, they're not wearing masks, but uh, especially with the way the Chiefs have been in that division, no, nobody's going to bet against Tom Brady and the Patriots in that conference. Like you just feel like the Chargers have kind of they play in StubHub Center. Like everything about them is just not pretty, but. Uh, their record certainly would suggest otherwise. The Arizona Cardinals are going to have the first pick in the draft in April. With that first pick in the draft, the Arizona Cardinals are going to take Nick Bosa. Agreed. All right, I think we all agree on that. He seems to be the guy that everybody's talking about uh, going there. That, that would make for a pretty nice little defense. I, you know, mm-hmm. I, I mm-hmm. get why it would be, but I really hope this isn't Larry Fitzgerald's last game in Arizona. He says he's only going to play yeah. for the Cardinals. Uh, you wish – I don't know how many times I've looked at Larry Fitzgerald on that team and been like – 
Bill Belichick, call this dude and get him yeah. like like put him somewhere. To, but yeah. uh, but you hope it's not his last game in Arizona. Uh, we'll, we'll see what happens because I, I think from a from a perspective of just watching the NFL, uh, I think as closely as we do, I, I don't know that there's too many guys that have been so easy to root for as there has with Larry Fitzgerald. And according to Vegas, Buffalo Bills coach Sean McDermott has the highest odds of being the next coach let go. Bills did go to the playoffs last year. Obviously, a lot of turnover in the roster. Uh, so I'll just go ahead and say it. Sean McDermott is the next coach let go in the NFL. All right, we're riding that train. We're riding the Nathan Peterman was a mistake train here on the Air It Out podcast. <laughs> uh, it is brought to you by Inside the Hashes, InsideTheHashes.com for Avery Collins, Christopher Thomas, Jerome Jones. I am Kevin Crockett. Thanks so much for checking in. Let's keep that playoff picture developing with the Air It Out podcast.